Section 1 of Cicero's Speeches Against Catalina. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. Speeches Against Catalina by Marcus Tullius Cicero. With introduction and notes by Ernest Alfred Upcott. Introduction by Ernest Alfred Upcott. Note. The text adopted in the following orations is that of Holm, 11th edition, Berlin, 1882, from whose notes I have derived much help. I have also consulted the English edition of the speeches, based on that of Holm, by Mr. A. S. Wilkins. My best thanks are due to Mr. Evelyn Abbott, fellow and tutor of Bilal College, the editor of the series, for his kind assistance in superintending the printing of the book. Ernest Alfred Upcott, Wellington College, June, 1887. Introduction The four speeches against Catalina were delivered during the latter part of the year B.C. 63, when Cicero was consul. Lucius Sergius Catalina, the author of the conspiracy against which they were directed, was descended from one of the oldest patrician families of Rome though for many years no one of his house had held any public office. He was a man of ambitious and energetic disposition, distinguished among his contemporaries for great powers both of mind and body, which enabled him to exercise a remarkable degree of influence over others. At the same time, he was notorious for the dissoluteness and extravagance of his life, which were excessive even in an age when such characteristics were common. He was, moreover, suspected of grave crimes, such as the murder of his wife and son. But as these charges rest, to a great extent, upon the authority of his opponent Cicero, it is possible that they have been exaggerated. He was born, probably, about B.C. 108, though the exact date is unknown. His first appearance in public life was during the dictatorship of Sulla, B.C. 82-79. to when the latter issued his proscription list, Catalina was among those who took an active part in carrying out the work of bloodshed and confiscation. This, however, was from personal motives, and not from any sympathy with the senatorial party which had triumphed under Sulla, for he subsequently attached himself entirely to the popular side. In B.C. 68, he filled the office of Praetor in Rome, the following year he governed the province of Africa as proprietor. Immediately on his return home he became a candidate for the consulship for the year 65. He was obliged, however, to withdraw as an indictment for extortion in his province was brought against him, and Roman law did not allow a citizen against whom a legal suit was pending to be a candidate for any magistracy. It so happened that the consuls elect for 65 Autronius Paetus and Cornelius Sulla were convicted of bribery. Their election consequently became void, and Lucius Aurelius Cota and Lucius Manlius Torquatus were declared consuls in their stead. Enraged at his disappointment, Autronius entered into communication with Catalina, and the two, in conjunction with Calpurnius Piso and others, formed a plot sometimes known as the first Catalinarian conspiracy. The intention was, it is said, to murder Cota and Torquatus on the day of their entering upon office. 
january first sixty five catalina and autronius were then to proclaim themselves consuls while they were to be supported by an army which piso was to raise on their behalf in spain the execution of this plot was postponed however until february fifth when it failed as we are told through catalina's impatience in giving the signal too soon before the armed bands on which he relied had collected in sufficient number it is to this conspiracy that cicero alludes in catalinarian one section fifteen it was asserted that both caesar and crassus were concerned in it but the facts are surrounded by a great deal of mystery whatever the design was it came to nothing and the senate did not take steps against any one in consequence during this year sixty five catalina was acquitted on the charge of extortion the trial had however been postponed long enough to prevent him from standing for consulship for the year sixty four he was obliged therefore to postpone his candidature till the next year when he had among his competitors marcus tullius cicero and gaius antonius hybrida of whom the latter was believed to be partly in sympathy with him he was known to entertain revolutionary designs of the most sweeping character which he hoped as consul to carry out prominent among these was a declaration of no wide tabulae or general cancelling of debts and a wholesale confiscation of property many of the roman aristocracy were hopelessly in debt and he thus collected round him a numerous body of adherents partly composed of those to whom his designs seemed to promise relief from their embarrassments partly also of wild and turbulent spirits to whom any prospect of revolution was welcome alarmed at these schemes the optimates threw their influence upon the side of cicero overcoming their natural jealousy of a novus homo that is one whose ancestors had never held any curule office he was also strongly supported by the equites who as the wealthiest class in rome were naturally most opposed to any general attack upon property accordingly he was elected by a large majority antonius was returned as his colleague by a small majority over catalina defeated in his immediate object catalina began to entertain the idea of carrying out his designs by force the time was eminently favorable for an armed insurrection against the government seventeen years before sulla had rewarded the soldiers of his victorious army by establishing them in colonies in various parts of italy and assigning them allotments of land unsuited for an agricultural life these men had for the most part mismanaged their farms and exhausted their resources accordingly they were restless and discontented and desired nothing so much as a return of the civil wars with fresh chances of plunder from among these and other discontented spirits catalina began secretly to recruit and organize an army selecting as his leader one manlius who had served with distinction under sulla as centurion at the same time he opened secret negotiations with the schools of gladiators in different parts of italy thus prepared he again stood for consulship for the year sixty two his intention being to bring about a general rising if he should be once more defeated the situation of the government was dangerous in the extreme for there was no regular army in italy and the only general of distinction gnaeus pompeius was absent in the east 
where after bringing the third mithridatic war to a close in sixty five b c he was occupied in settling the affairs of syria and could not be expected to return for some time cicero however was kept accurately informed of the progress of the conspiracy one of its members quintus curius had talked of the plot to his mistress fulvia she had not kept the secret and cicero employing her as his agent had induced curius by large promises to reveal to him all the details the consular elections were this year postponed somewhat beyond their usual time on the day before they should have been held cicero induced the senate to resolve that they should on the next day instead of holding the election take into consideration the state of public affairs he thereupon revealed to them what he knew of the conspiracy and invited catalina to clear himself of the charges against him the latter replied in threatening language but notwithstanding his violence the senate took no decisive resolution shortly afterwards the elections were held cicero appearing with the cuirass under his toga and surrounded by a guard of his friends to testify to the designs upon his life catalina was again defeated and decimus unius silanus and lucius lucinius murena elected as consuls for sixty-two thus once more foiled catalina resolved to proceed to active measures alarmed at the news that an army was actually collecting in etruria and roused by further disclosures from cicero the senate on october twenty first passed what was known as the ultimatum decretum videant consules ne quid detrimenti respublica capiat this the usual formula in cases of emergency declared the state to be in danger and called on the consuls as the executive magistrates to take measures for its safety whether it actually conferred any additional powers upon them is not certain at the same time they placed the gladiatorial schools under strict surveillance established patrols in the city and offered large rewards for information the praetors quintus pompeius rufus and quintus metallus keller were sent to capua and picenum respectively to raise what troops they could cicero had already detached his colleague antonius from the conspiracy and induced him to support the cause of order by ceding to him the lucrative province of macedonia on october twenty seventh manlius set up his standard at faesulae in etruria catalina proposed to go thither himself shortly he was anxious however to conceal his designs as long as possible and having been indicted for inciting to riot dewi by lucius paulus he had offered to place himself in free custody under the charge of some citizen of reputation in order to disarm suspicion on the night of november sixth he assembled his partisans in the house of marcus portius laica there he disclosed his plans and declared it to be essential to success that cicero should be removed before his own departure two of his adherents gaius cornelius and lucius varguntius undertook the duty of visiting cicero's house in the early morning under the pretense of giving the customary salutation and there murdering him the attempt was actually made though probably not until the morning of november eighth but cicero who was informed of the plot through the agency previously described refused his visitors admittance he immediately summoned the senate to meet for the sake of safety in the temple of jupiter stator on the palatine 
the equites thronged the hill in large numbers to secure the safety of the council and to protest against the designs of the conspirators catalina did not scruple to attend whereupon cicero rose and delivered the speech known as the first catalinarian oration he revealed to the senate all the particulars of the plot including the attempt on his own life denounced catalina as a public enemy and called upon him to leave the city his adversary attempted a few words of exculpation but the feeling roused by the consul's address was too strong and finding himself assailed on all sides by reproaches he left the senate abruptly declaring that his enemies were driving him to ruin but that if he was to fall he would involve others in his overthrow the same evening he left the city for etruria travelling by the via aurelia which was the coast road in order to create the impression that he was going into exile at massilia he left in the city a large number of adherents the chief of whom was cornelius lentulus sura with directions to prosecute the plans previously agreed upon cicero on the following day assembled the people in the forum and in the second catalinarian oration recounted to them what had taken place in the senate explaining and justifying his own action in a few days the news arrived that catalina had joined the camp of manlius at faesuli upon this the senate declared them both public enemies at the same time they issued a proclamation promising immunity to those of their adherents who should lay down their arms before a fixed date meanwhile the consul antonius was directed to take such military measures as might be necessary against the insurgents cicero being retained for the protection of the city the proclamation did not have any effect in reducing the number of catalina's forces nor did the rewards previously offered lead to any disclosures cicero had hoped that the effect of his speeches would be to drive all the conspirators into open rebellion as they would thus be more easily dealt with in this he was disappointed for though the chief had left the city his agents had remained in rome and cicero could not venture to proceed against them without direct evidence it was not long however before their carelessness put into his hands the proofs he desired the Allobroges, a tribe of transalpine gaul had sent delegates to petition the senate for relief from certain extractions to which they were subjected knowing that these men from their desperate condition were likely to favour a revolution lentulus opened negotiations with them with the view of securing the aid of their countrymen for the conspirators they took counsel however of their patronus quintus fabius sanga and by his advice revealed the whole affair to cicero acting under his directions they pretended to enter heartily into the schemes of lentulus and obtained from him letters written and sealed by himself and his friends addressed to their nation stating and confirming by oath the rewards they were to receive for their assistance a letter was also given them for catalina whose camp they were to visit on their way home with these letters they set out from rome on the night of december second accompanied by titus voltorcius the agent of lentulus cicero as previously agreed upon posted two praetors with an armed force at the mulvian bridge on the via flaminia a few miles to the north of rome they there arrested the whole party and carried them with the compromising papers to the consul 
he at once summoned the chief conspirators to his presence one caeparius made his escape though he was eventually recaptured but lentulus cethegus statilius and gabinius came unsuspectingly and were at once conveyed by cicero to the presence of the senate which he had convoked at the temple of concord there volturcius under the promise of impunity made a full disclosure and the conspirators were further confronted with the evidence of the Allobroges and their own letters the authenticity of which they were compelled to acknowledge lentulus who was praetor at the time was obliged to abdicate his office and he and his companions were placed in free custody under the charge of several prominent citizens rewards were voted to the informers and a supplicatio or thanksgiving for the averted danger decreed in honour of cicero who after leaving the senate addressed to the people assembled in the forum the third catilinarian oration giving a full account of what had just taken place two days later december fifth the senate was once more convened and cicero as consul put to them the formal question what was their advice with respect to the conspirators actually in custody the consul-elect decimus solanus who was first asked for his vote proposed that they should be put to death the other consulars supported him when it came to the turn of caesar who was praetor-elect he proposed as an alternative that their property should be confiscated and that they should be imprisoned for life in some of the provincial towns of italy these two proposals were before the senate when cicero intervened with the fourth catilinarian oration it does not pronounce a formal sententia for the consul as president would not himself vote but places the alternative proposals before the house for their consideration indicating however a preference for that of silanus but caesar's speech had made a great impression and silanus announced he would agree to a motion for a postponement of the decision which had been suggested as a compromise the matter was eventually decided by a speech of marcus cato who was tribune-elect he attacked the conspirators with great vigour and proposed that they should be summarily put to death more maiorum his words produced such an effect that his proposal was carried forthwith lentulus cathegus statilius geminius and caeparius were at once conducted to tuliamnum the prison underneath the slopes of the capital and there strangled this summary proceeding effectually checked the plans of catalina from this moment he received no fresh reinforcements and his original adherents began to leave him the retreat of his army into gaul was blocked by the praetor metalus keller while marcus petreus acting as the legate of antonius advanced against him from the south early in the following year sixty two the opposing forces met at pistoria in etruria where Catalina and his followers, after fighting with desperate courage, were defeated and slain to a man. End of Introduction <laughs>